You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, Alex. Hey, Nick. You know what I'm excited about? Uh, I can guess, yeah. What? Well, well, Okay, what were you going to guess? Because Well, I, I, I can guess. Will I guess? No. You know? Don't come at me with your, your fucking eighth grade English semantics, you son of a bitch. I'm saying I'm excited about part two of the Greed movie. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that, that wasn't what I was thinking. What were you thinking? Uh, you'll never know. Well, guys, we're back. We're back. We had a great conversation. First part of the conversation last week with Kelly. Talked about pretty much everything under the sun. And now we're, now we're going to talk about even more. Honestly, like, again, if you're expecting us to get right into the movie, sorry. Like, that's not going to... Like, you have to listen in for that movie. It doesn't happen. It, it takes yeah. a while for us to realize that we're not talking about the movie. But if, I, you're, if you're here because you love Broadway, which a lot of you are, yes. if you're here because you love acting, which yes. a lot of you are, yes. uh, then it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because you're getting gold here. Yeah. Get gold I'll, here. Alex, do you think that people are here because they love you? Yikes. (sighs) Cut it right there. Little Justin. Little Justin. Little Justin. Fuck yeah. It's interesting how many people... uh, Your show's been going on for longer than this, but the pandemic pushed people into doing things that they wouldn't necessarily have done before. Like I started doing these IG live interviews. And then from that, I'm now doing a, I'm doing an interview show with Dominique Wilkins. Is that the right? The dominant ones. Yeah. Which is crazy. But what I loved about the IG live thing, and I was pushed by someone who was saying, do it. And I was like, no, no one wants to hear what I have to say. And they're like, well, then no one will listen. Just do it. And um, it, it's, it didn't, exactly fill the creative void but it approximated it filled what approximated the creativity that that void yeah you know um yeah and it felt like connection and it's just like this feels like connection and this is a like you i loved listening to a couple of the podcasts before um you know a, a week ago after you asked me to do it and um I love the one with your wife. That's hilarious. Oh yeah. Um, I love how much shit the Alex and she gave you. Uh, <laughs> That's that, that made do. me laugh out loud. Um, I do want to say one thing um, about Men in Tights, please. Men in Tights is not a very funny movie. I okay, Alex. Now, now wait. I'll say this as an old person. <laughs> oh my god. Who grew up on the early go. Mel Brooks? Yes. And I will say the funniest thing about that movie is Dom DeLuise as the godfather and the characters around him. And the guy who's like, I will take these cotton balls. I put them in my hand. And Skirt. DeLuise is like, 
okay, do what you ever do. You know, the funniest part of the entire movie. Sir, I'm going to come back to you. And fight I'm, me. I'm going to fight you on this. And Alex, please, please jump in because uh-huh. I need your help. I, I hate, I also hate how Alex is like literally just sitting here and like, <laughs> I know. I, like, I want to ask happened? you about, because Alex, you're a film editor. I want to ask about that too, because I find the editing process. I got to sit in on some editing sessions. Yeah, right now we're, we're good. I mean, <laughs> this is what... <laughs> No, I want to add. I, I got to sit in on some editing sessions, and uh, bo- like both, like the dumping initial thing was like the, the, uh-huh. the editor goes the first take, like what do I do with this, and then um, and then some of the uh, later sessions where they're getting stuff back from network. And I know that's TV, and it's probably different, but um, but I'm really curious about that too. And since we're now doing a two parter, <laughs> I feel like we can we can indulge we're ourselves. Going, get it to everybody. Uh, well, this is what's everybody. fun about about being friends with Nick is like I would never be exposed to these conversations otherwise i grew up liking theater a lot and and not ever thinking i would do it i never you know i think i wanted to be in movies when i was six because who didn't but like i never had aspirations to act. i did high school theater and all that so it's it is I, I get a lot out of these conversations even though i'm not in that world um i love that but yeah editing's editing's fun <laughs> editing's fun you know, it is, i mean I, the itch it scratches for me is like it it's it's a blend of creative and technical like i have kind of like a type a need to organize and like make systems more efficient which like editing is great for in terms of like how much footage do you shoot and how do you organize it's all file types and hard drives and all this stuff and then you just still and then and then you get into like the the work of it creating something you know human and finding a story like uh, most of the stuff i do is documentary which i found that i love over time just because it gives me a chance to like usually i'm doing the interviews that that i'm editing then editing so like i'll i'll sit down and i'll talk to somebody and i can like pick their brain and guide conversation and then go home and like actually craft it into something yeah um that's but that's but that's really yeah if i might say that's you know not to don't sell yourself short because that's what you you know you have written and directed two films you 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 also are working on a novel like you've done like you are a storyteller dude and i think that's yeah it's it's this creative world you know like maybe i haven't been lucky enough to be you know on a hamilton tour shut up but has who has like i i think if you're this type of person like no matter at what level you're doing it or how often you get to do it for money like it's something you're always going to be doing right you're always going to be creative and if some if if some valve gets cut off that allows you to do it in one aspect your nature is just going to move you into another another lane and you're going to do it another way so like absolutely and this this podcast is just one more representation of that like as soon as we got bored the second we got bored we're like all right let's make a podcast let's talk about movie like just to keep our interest and up. that was back in freaking college too so look at that yeah look at us i love and that yeah and that's a, an extension of of the relationship you guys have had for years right um yeah. but i also love i mean i i do love the fact that I, I i the further i got into tv the more i realized that the 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 uber storyteller and i don't mean the car share thing. nice nice um, the uber storyteller of um uh, uh, of that medium and film is the editor. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we get to do whatever we want on stage for, we get to jump off the cliff and, mm-hmm. and, and free fall for two, uh, 90 minutes to two and a half hours, three hours or whatever. Um, but you can take a, you could take a TV show. You could take a, you could take filmed content and turn it into something completely different than what it was, or you can hone it to make it better what it was supposed to be or closer to what it was supposed to be initially. You take, you tell the story more than any other element, any other part of that uh, process, including the actors and the writers. And I find that fascinating. 
Yeah, I mean, film is such a collaborative process, right? Because the the script is obviously a huge part of it. Like, you can't have something without a story, without the dialogue, without the action. Like, it's a lot of work goes into it. Um, but once you hand it off, there are things about character, and I'm sure you know, like playing a character over many seasons too. Like things evolve. Like there's stuff you you can't find on the page, right? And the final product is is the script plus the performances plus the music plus the everything. But all that stuff doesn't come together the way it's presented without the editor, who's going to decide it what which takes to use. And the director has his insight, but like which takes to use, what the pacing is. Um, and and we did this in film school, I think, where we you kind of look at slight changes in an edit and what it can do to the like completely change the tone of what you're watching, how long a beat is. Um, and it becomes fascinating to watch just how much pacing matters, how much, um, you know, how long, when, when you're cutting for uh, who you're cutting to, what you're cutting to. Um, it, it really makes a big difference. And, and they say, you know, the best editor is one you don't notice. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my, my favorite example of this yeah, is, is, uh, the simplest and my favorite is when they take sitcoms, three camera sitcoms with laugh tracks and you just take the laugh track out Yep, and it turns into, especially like big bang theory or friends, like shows that the jokes are not funny at all. They're creepy. <laughs> like the, the humor is unsettling, but the laugh track <laughs> makes you think that what they're doing is funny. And as soon as you take it out, you realize, Oh my God, like the combination of all these elements so informs what the audience is going to feel. <laughs> That's a great, so you got to go to YouTube and just, and just deep dive on, on sitcoms without laugh tracks. It's it terrifying. That's a great point. I did that with uh, friends a long time ago and I, I need to do more of it. Yeah. Um, I, Oh shoot. I had something I was going to say. Um, let it come back. Let it echo through you. It was so it's echoing through me, but it's not up to my brain and mouth. Yet. <laughs> uh, well, I will. I, while you're thinking of it, I will say this. I will give you my my two second pitch for Robin Hood Men in Tights. Okay. Is, yeah. Back to this. Which is this nonsense? Which is shut up. Which is this? <laughs> uh, you Dom DeLee's obviously a legend, a comedy legend, and everything around him in that scene is hysterical. The Godfather satire is hysterical. I will also, however, point your attention to uh my former director mr roger reese as the sheriff of rottingham because it is truly like if you if you look at if you look at the people he's in the scenes with all right and i say this as somebody who you know working peter and the star catcher um you know my 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 second big show and this is did you ever did either of you ever see peter and star catcher at all no. I saw it uh, at uh, Second Stages or whatever yeah. the place. It. Yeah. So 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 Christian playing playing Black Stash. It's uh, Alex. It's basically the prequel to Peter Pan, um, but it's like crazy, zany, insane comedy, but also just brilliant writing. Rick Ellis writing the script, being amazing. Roger Reese and Alex Timbers directing this thing. You, you're watching Christian Borle. You're watching Matt Saldivar comes after him. You're watching all these people, and you realize that oh, Rick wrote that for roger that is absolutely a roger <laughs> because that's who he is it, it, it is that that just that understanding of not even being the star of the show but what it takes to be be a comedy genius and know how to give it to your to your partner how to give those moments and i think of the scenes uh like with him and richard lewis where he's like i dared to, to catch a king's deer like that whole sequence which is insane and his just navigation of that is is on point. So I will say, okay. I don't know. The movie is, let me tell you, in terms of the Mel Brooks canon, 
But if I had to choose between that and high anxiety, we're going high anxiety every time. Sure. But that performance to me is, mwah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I have to go back to it. Um, and because I do love, I love me some Roger Reese. Yes. Um, and I have, I, I know. So the, th- the, the thing about that movie and about later Mel Brooks for me yes. is that the pace seems to be off. Agree. 100%. And there's just something in and it's not slow or fast. It's not that because all, a lot of his early movies had weird long takes that were just hilarious. There was something in the air. There was something that there, there was an energy that just worked and was anarchic and, and, um, and just fucking funny and, and just shocked you. And, uh, and that, that was missing. Yes. But you're right. And, and I do say this to people all the time. It's like, all right, so in lesser, holes look for um look for the things that actually rise out rise from that and and i should check out roger reese as well definitely check, i mean check it i i just love him in that movie and i feel like he was able to do some things that like even with that structure which was not the best mel brooks structure at all he f- he found ways of doing things and and you know i i really just love love that but this is again you know, uh, a, a perfect, a perfect, not a perfect segue, but, but, you know, <laughs> we're talking about movies now, which is, okay. uh, again, guys, this is the point of the pot. Like, I do want to make that clear. An hour and eight minutes later. We, I know, but we're doing two now. We, oh, we're now we're two. Two, so. so this is, so we're actually, we're really short of, we don't have enough material. Yeah, right. We, we got to keep talking. <laughs> we got to keep going on this. We got to keep going. Wait. Okay. Do but we, wait, wait, like I know you want to segue. No, can I be, segue. can I be Go. a dick and just ask? Take um, back. Okay. So, or not ask. I was, so Alex Timbers. Yes. Alex and I did a reading together back when he was Alex Timbers, all small letters before he was yes. like all capital letters. Yes. And then and I liked him and we, we made each other laugh. And then he asked me to do something when he did. He was directing a show for Director Fest. Yes. Um, dir- uh, written by Elizabeth Merriweather, oh, who shit. wrote uh, New Girl. Yep. Um, and it was <laughs> it was initially called. The night Michael Showalter fingered me. I fucking love it. I'm already in. And um, already then in. they were like, you can't call it that. Um, yes, you can. So it was called The Sketch Comedian. Oh, God damn. And it was so, but I play, so there was some sort of situation that happened that was described uh, in this play. And um, I did a one act play with, um, with Alex Timbers. Yes. And it was, um, it was really, really, really fucking fun. Yes, uh, it was hard. It was, but it was fun, and I loved him. And I always did. I know people say this, but I always had the sense you are gonna, you're great. Yeah, you're great. You, you have so much patience as we try to figure out the tone. And he's so, he's a master of tone. Yes, he is. Um, he was rigorous and detail oriented on a level that until we actually put it in front of the audience or until we had actually started working, I was annoyed by. And then I was like, oh no, of course you have to be. But yes, this is great. I weirdly learned so much in that one little two week period we rehearsed this play um, from Alex. And I am thrilled. I, I would love to work with him again at some point, but I'm thrilled that he has um, created such an amazing ex- uh, uh, career for himself. And I didn't know you were in Peter and the Star. Oh, yeah. Uh, Peter. Well, and, and, I, and here's what's crazy about that. So I had auditioned for Peter way back. It was one of those things where Alex really, he again, saving my butt. So I was, I, my, first, my Broadway debut was Motown um motown the musical which is a fucking 
trash fire and that's said with all love to everyone <laughs> who's in it and y'all know if you were in it that it was a trash fire so i'm not saying anything new but uh so we do that show and then uh i go off to old globe and i do uh the last goodbye at the old globe and the last goodbye was the text of romeo and juliet maxed mashed up with jeff buckley music and sure and alex was directing and wow. it was it was to, i mean truly like i mean it was Alex is such a, I mean, I think truly he is such a film nut. And I know that because he was making fun. I think uh, not Solaris, but what Alex, you'll know, what is the George Clooney movie? It's George Clooney, Sandra Bullock in space. Uh, gravity. Gravity. Oh, gravity. Gravity yeah. had just come out. And we, I, uh, we were having huge debates about gravity. <laughs> like We were having massive <laughs> debates about that movie. Um, I'm not going to say who's on what side, but what I, I will, I love that movie too. Uh, what I will <laughs> What I will but you're not going to say who's I'm on not going to say who's on yeah. one side, but yeah. I, I, I loved it. Uh, but but the <laughs> you know I, he is, has such a cinematic eye um, in in two senses. And number one, the tangible. He uh, it seems that he loves the tangible. He loves theater that that really shows you. So like he brought in a fight fight director from from London. Um, we the 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 violence in this show was spectacular and i mean that in the most like like homage way like he he knew how to direct that violence and how to light it and how to make it something like like when mercutio got we were all fighting with like katanas and cleavers and crazy mercutio gets stabbed the blood like spurts like yay high like it's insane um but i say all that to also say that to your point alex is I think that just like a film director, delegation is his strength. And he knows that he can, he has his vision, but if he puts the right people in the room and pushes them this way and pushes them that way, you're going to come up with something that is unlike anything you've ever seen. And that I think I, I saw him do it in the last goodbye. You see it in Starcatcher. You see it in Beetlejuice. You see it in Moulin Rouge, just like somebody who has such grand vision that requires so many components of collaboration. Um, and is able to bring them back um, into a funneled thing. So, Alec, yeah, he he, I love him, and he's he's just he's he's just a good guy. Also, like he's he's he is really good guy. Um, now, here's a question. He's, yeah, here's, he's one of the kindest uh, 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 people I've worked with in the theater, and uh, I hear from everyone I hear as he's his star has risen he's maintained that oh sorry yeah. you had a question well sorry. here's my question and this is actually we can keep this in the thing i don't care but i i i have been sitting and uh i have to go to the bathroom really bad and there are no <laughs> lights on in my room right now because because <laughs> the it, darkness has fallen and i have sure. a chance to get up <laughs> you want to pause for a second okay can, can we take two minutes yeah i'll go pee too yeah alex keep recording and we'll come back yeah and we'll, we'll just we'll keep it rolling you guys do what you gotta do all right we'll be back two minutes bye Am I back? Can you hear me? Oh, we can hear yeah. you, buddy. You're Everybody great. Sounding good. You guys relieved and ready I'm for so, round two. My my lights are on. You know, like, I was thinking we, we probably should have just like ended the the no. episode there. No, Natural keep it going. Break point. Uncut. Dive back in. We should just release like a fully a fully director's cut version. <laughs> I mean, it'll probably end. It'll probably just end up being that. <laughs> it'll probably be beautiful. Yeah. Just like this is too much to edit. So you know, all or nothing. I'll just leave oh, it alone. Just every, every, take, take it as it is. And yeah. that's what you get. Yeah, man. I'm sorry. I talk too much. No, you don't. But, uh, no, this is great. No. So I'm and looking it, at... 
go ahead, Alex. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, because we're, we're a film podcast, but we're on the Broadway podcast network. So like anytime we get a really good theater conversation going, you know, it's, it's going to be we're scoring points, our, our audience. That's, that's a good point. I, I mean, of course, now part of me is like, oh, wow. Is are people going to be like, <gasps> Denzel Washington was a jerk to Kelly O'Connor. No, 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 they won't. Because <laughs> he wasn't. It was just, it was such a, it was such a great lesson. Like I always talk about, and I, 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 I think even then, that was a long time ago now, I always talked about um, people playing ball, you know, like literally that phrase. And I know I, I say it a lot, but it's it 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 speaks to so much. It explains so much to me like this wasn't working because they weren't playing ball. They were playing ball. That was great. Um, and then you can obviously get into more details, but he was just asking me to play ball. And I yeah, was it, initially nice intimidated. To- it's and nice then I fortunately it. had a, a guy who decided to be a mentor and say, fucking play ball. It was great. Yeah. It's, it's like people have, at, at his level coming back to theater with, with the name that he has and, and yeah. all of that, like he could have just walked in and, and not, and just run through the motions and, and done it. Totally. So like it's, it's nice to hear that in the work, in the craft and the actually like getting down when he didn't have to, that he still cared that passionately to like engage everybody around him and expect the best. And like, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. He set the tone. I mean, it's funny. He wasn't like he, he protected himself, too. He was he, he took his moments to be um, uh, to, to get his rest, which is great. And some of the rest of us who didn't have as much weight as he did um, might be, you know, in the green room being like, hey, whatever. Uh, but but he was he was part of the ensemble and, and he led the ensemble. And it was. Um, it was an extraordinary experience. Yeah, um, and we also had Colm Fiore. Well, I was supposed to say, you literally had like the all-star, like him and we, William uh, William Sadler. Bill Sadler. Was your freaking We had uh, Jack Willis. Oh, my God. Um, we had we had some great, we had Tamara Tooney. Oh, my God. Yes, you did. Jessica Hecht. Ugh. We had some amazing people. And and, and folks who have gone on to, to great things since then, um, John uh, John Douglas Thompson, yep. who uh, was called by the New York Times one of the premier uh, uh, classical actors of uh, of the last ten years. Um, he did a series of Othellos. Oh and no, then, I, I saw his Othello, and it was out of. Control. Did you see it up at uh, the Berkshire Shakespeare and Company, or went down in New York? I saw it. I think it was Sha- well, no, because I saw it when it was out at. It was in the Berkshire. So where the hell was that? Okay, that was up. I think you saw it at Shakespeare and Company. Yeah, Shakespeare then. and Atlantic, Company. Atlantic, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Um, and and that was and, and the weird the, the crazy thing was that got so much press, but no one got to see it. Very few people got to see it. And then he came back to he did another performance of it, a production of it here in New York, um, and I thought it was the same show that moved, but it wasn't. It was a different production. Oh wow! And he got just such you couldn't get tickets it it was it was crazy yeah he's a great guy he's a fantastic actor he's bigger than life and the way he attacks shakespeare is bigger than life and so it was so perfect for othello <laughs> and then he did the, he did the harry ape i think yeah wasn't that yeah like and that was a show like an impossible show to make work oh. willem dafoe had just done it and apparently it wasn't it was fine i don't know i i didn't see it so i'm making yeah. shit up now but JDT, man. No, he's he's. Inc- I mean, because he was in. I was so pissed because wasn't he just in? I might be mixed. 
No, he was in. Was he in Nathan Lane's Iceman or Denzel Washington's Iceman? Because he was in one That's of them. A very good question. I'm, I'm not, I wish I. I'm not remembering which it, one. If only we had some sort of computer. I know some sort of thing, some sort of technology that could look that up. Um, I'm looking. This yeah, up. I, yeah, I don't remember, but I, you're right. He was. He was one of the. Um, he, yeah, he's he was one, one of the the denizens he, of the was, bar. It was Nathan Lane's. It was Nathan Lane's, and I wish okay. I wish I could have seen him do Me that. Um, because did you, did either of you see him do? Um, Satchmo, no. He played um, Louis Armstrong in a one-man show about. Uh, it no. was extraordinarily good. Of course, it was extraordinary. Dude. The guy is. Um, he came to acting late too. He was a salesman. Are you serious? Um, yeah, and he came to acting late. I'm. I'm going to say this, and I, I'm just pulling a year out of my ass. But um, I, I like maybe at thirty. Um. <sighs> And everybody should look it up because I could be completely wrong. But he came to acting late and he just has an innate ability to connect with an audience and a character and to get into a majesty of a character and a, and, a, and, and just and not shy away from the foibles, and the, 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 the negatives. It just it's it's not the negatives. That's the thing. He doesn't look at them as negatives. No. Yeah. But um, he's just, he is one of the extraordinary, he, I, look, uh, I hate saying this about friends and I don't hate saying, that's not what I'm saying. It's awkward saying this about people you know and who are your friends, but he truly is one of the great theater actors of our time. Yes, he is. And there was a whole article actually about him, um, somebody who did one of the Jason Bourne movies. It wasn't Greengrass, I don't think. It was some, maybe the next guy, maybe it was Greengrass, um, who saw him on stage and was like, I'm casting you in this. And the whole article was about both. It was about a number of things. It was about his theater career and the Othello. It was about getting cast in uh, the Bourne movies and it not working. Mm. And, and him talking about how I just couldn't get it. Uh, and the director talking about how that was an odd thing that it didn't work and about the Satchmo that was happening. I might be conflating things, but I think the article was about all of it. Um, and I thought that was a really fascinating and um, and to his credit. Um, a wonderfully vulnerable thing to share with people, to be able to say, I couldn't figure that out. Mm. I, I know that I'm good in theater. I couldn't figure out a way to make it work on screen. He has subsequently made it work. I've seen him in, th- in stuff and he because there's nothing that JDT can't do. But I just thought it was an extraordinary piece um, that worked because he participated in it mm. um, without ego, you know? Yeah. And and I think that's uh, that's a that's a sort of shocking thing to say about an actor, <laughs> about any of us. But but. Uh, but no, anyway. that's the selfless actor. I think that's exactly yeah. and and when somebody knows how to I the thing I remember about his performance, uh is, you know, is I, I describe it as playing positive action. It's mm-hmm. I, I love the actors who play to win and who are mm-hmm. and who are coming in there knowing no, like it's not about sh- it's not about the emotion right everybody's like oh my god how do you cry on stage or how do you cry on set it's not about that it's i'm going to fight for my character so hard that yeah. tears naturally coming that's and that's what i remember specifically about his othello was somebody who just had such a command of this character and knew knew how to almost confuse himself to a point where mm. then these explosions are organic 
and he mm. they're coming because it's a man who doesn't know what to believe and it's it's that much passion behind it um truly a, yeah i i love that's it. a great way to look at it that's i i had not thought of it in those terms but yeah that's oh, yeah, fascinating dude. no he's he's the man he's the man um yeah let's let's i mean look we could talk again we could talk about this shit all day and i will talk about it all day and we'll i'll text you after and we'll t- we'll do it absolutely but, absolutely but yeah. like this is i i, I do want to you've got to talk about some mo- like a movie a movie okay wait before we do that i want to say one more thing <laughs> alex alex yeah. alex alex um about uh editing one of the things that i yeah. found so fascinating about um uh editing what my my long slow journey about uh, 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 towards learning more about other elements of this world than acting. Um, there was a director who told me that, oh yeah, no, the, it was fun working on the show. All we did, the first pass we did at, at editing was cut half the pause between every single line that you guys had. So literally, they they went through their first pass was having the time between every line. Jesus. (laughs) Isn't that fucking cool? Yeah. I mean, it it shows they they know exactly the pen. That's what I'm talking about, about pace and tone. That's right. Speaking to what you said. Yeah. Yeah. It just moves fast. And and it it, it like, I think people get this expectation too of, of acting. Like you watch a good scene in film or TV and you think you're watching the actors play it in real time, right? You think it's playing out exactly at that pace, at that tone. Um, and it, especially early on, like the first time you're kind of on a set and watching this happen, you see how many times it happens and how many ways that it happens. And where you end up after the edit is not at all where you start. Like I'm sure TV gets to a point where things roll along enough that like you're doing two, three takes and you're out and you know kind of the, the, the timbre of, of what it is. Um, but I, I love that. And, and it, it makes me really appreciate movies. We were talking, uh, last time two two shows ago about, uh, ghost story, um, mm. the David Lowry movie, you know, the, the kind of film where, where there's the confidence to just set a camera down and let the actors do it in real time <laughs> and trust that the audience is going to care. Cause like, usually it's so far in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, that's interesting too. And, and, I've oh god what what is uh, what's the name of the movie and I can't even think of the actors names to actually what's give the plot a, what's the plot uh it was about abscam in um in the 70s and it was um uh uh, uh not Bradley Whitford it was the other Bradley Brad Cooper Bradley Cooper was in it and um not American Hustle American Hustle yes. okay so American Hustle to me, it is an example of that. Like it just, and I, I think I am in the deep, deep minority because most people think that's brilliant. I was just like, what is happening? It's all so odd. It's all such a, everything feels forced to me. Mm-hmm. Do, do you guys have uh, thoughts about that? Since yeah. we're talking about movies, yeah. this has nothing to do with the theme. But I mean, do you have any thoughts about that movie? Theme? What uh, theme? I haven't seen it. I have thoughts about David O. Russell for sure. You know, um, I'm pretty sure it was David O. Russell, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. I think so. Yes, it was. Um, I, he he's definitely one of those directors who needs to be the director. 
um, you watch some of his secret behind the scenes filmed rants. It's pretty telling about how he runs a set and how he, how he builds a movie. And I'm sure that that extends to the editing booth. Um, Cause like it's, it, you get into the editing room and like the, the directors, if he's breathing over your shoulder, if he's, if he's, you know, tyrannical in what he's doing, then it can, it can so easily go, it can go over the top or it can, it can, decisions can get made that maybe aren't really the right decisions, right? You could think all the way from the very beginning, like this scene should feel this way. Like this dialogue should cut this fast. It, it works in your head. And then you get there and you see it. It's like, Oh, that no. And you have to have the, you have to have the bravery to, to change course after actually seeing what your right. product is going to be. Um, and for some, for some reason, I feel like David Russell is one of the guys who doesn't really know how to do that. It's, it. It's, it did, it did feel to me with American hustle that we were talking, you know, it, it was, it definitely had that disjointed element that you're talking about. And, and that, and, and again, we can only speak to how we interact with this movie, right? This exactly. Not, exactly. Not, we're not saying that the movie is a bad movie. If you like the movie, good for no. you. But like, yeah, I definitely felt that as opposed to, you know, I always think of like the yin to his yang for me is like a Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Because that's someone mm-hmm. who can sit on these shots who, who understand like, yes, do his movies sometimes run a little long? Sure. But the whole point of it is that meditative reflective quality, right? There will be blood is about pulling you into kind of a, a meditative, not a meditative world, right. but surely a, an all encompassing world. Same with phantom threads, same with even, even something like inherent vice is all about that. So his pacing is on point. Then compare that to, David O. Russell, who I, I mean, I, I am probably the only one who still loves I Heart Huckabees. I, I do love, oh, I love that movie. Yeah. I love that. Right. And that, that works, but like that is few. And I, I always, I don't ever feel like, like the guiding hand. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not, like a style over substance thing, right? Yes, like you, that's if, exactly if, right. If you're, if you're going to commit to something stylized, then the audience is going to need to trust that there's something to get out of it, right? That there's a, a purpose to it, that there's a reason that there's some kind of metaphor or subtext at play that that has guided the director to make this decision as opposed to just like, yeah, this is me. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there was something about American Hustle that felt, it felt insular. It felt like an inside joke. Yes. It felt like mm-hmm. there we all really like each other and we all find ourselves deeply amusing. Yes. And I didn't, I was not invited along for the ride. Yep. Exactly. And, and I hope he's not listening to this. He's listening to this. <laughs> we love you. What I mean is we all think you're a genius. Yes. No, but, and he, and he's, and I mean, he is, he's, he's very good at what he does. He's this so not good. This, you know, who I are just, we to be sitting here talking about, about, right. It, but, but like, and yeah. that's what made this movie su- such an interesting, uh, um, uh, case for me because it was so in the circles in which, in the critical circles in which it was, um, accepted as really good. It was like, this is a fucking brilliant movie. And I just didn't understand that. I get that. Um, I get that. Anyway, I don't know why I'm going there. Why did I go there? That's a really well, okay. So maybe you went there because American Hustle is a movie that falls into our theme. Hey, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Segway. Segway King. Segway King, guys. Ooh, we've never had the guest segway before. But usually but, it's a war of who can come up with the the cleverest segway. But we did it today. Uh, today <laughs> he did it, and that's magical, and we love that. But the, seg- the the theme for today is, in fact, 
the greed movie. That's right. that's what we put out, and 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 that's what we want to talk about today. And 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 you know, we've all selected these films that to, to us remind us of the greed movie. I'm pretty sure, Alex, that that you are going to hate my choice. Um, I guarantee it. I I'm pretty sure you're not going to like it. <laughs> But but I but, but you know I think I, I think let's start as we always do. What what defines the greed movie? Obviously, this is a perfectly ambiguous setup so that we can all have a different POV on it. But but what is a greed movie to you, Alex? Let's let's start with you. What what does that mean? Um, yeah, I thought about it uh, for a while, um, and I I think what it boils down to uh, is is greed. A greed movie is a character movie first and foremost, right? It, it's about somebody. It's yes. about why somebody wants something. Because what, what is a story besides desire, right? It's somebody wants something and they try to get it. Somebody needs something, they try to get it. Um, greed is the excess of, of want. And desi- it's, it's, it's desire overriding um, yes. reality. You know, it's some, some fixation becomes more important than doing good, being good, living right. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be money, but most of it revolves around money, around power, around kind of the material world because it's, you know, tale as old as time. Somebody, you know, getting corrupted by, by all of that vice. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's, it's about fixation, I think. I love that. I love that. Now, now, do we feel that within that green movie, like what is... We talk about we talk about yes that 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 kind of excessive reaching for the for the stars. What then becomes is the, is this a person that we're supposed to be rooting for? Is my question. Uh, I th- I think the movies can really tend to even if it's someone you're rooting for, the character is gonna let you down somehow, right? Because there's that inevitable they've gone too far. In order for them to learn their lesson, they have to take it too far. Um, there's sort of that that built-in story arc of somebody who who is greedy or gets greedy, um, whether you whether the whole point is to hate them from the beginning and just watch what they're doing, or watch them fall into a hole and lead themselves down this path. Yes. Um, it, you know, but I th- I think there does have to be the, the arc is kind of built in. I guess I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Kelly? <laughs> I feel like anything I say is going to give away what I uh, oh goddamn the, the movie that I chose. But I, it's what I love is the idea that the greed movie. What I looked for in the greed movie was something that was that was slightly off. That wasn't um, obvious. Yes, um, I don't think I actually found that, but. Um, but I do think it's subverted slightly. Mm. So mm-hmm. I love that. So there. I love that. So there, there it is. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, I, I tried to find ways. I because my my inc- my nah, my inclination when I'm picking a movie for this is is always to try to find something that subverts a little bit, right? That like addresses the topic, but in a way you wouldn't expect. Sometimes I can find one. Sometimes I can't. I I couldn't find one for this, but it seems like it should really exist, and I'm sure it oh, does. Guys. Like maybe I just needed to spend a longer time because like greed. I want to find like an emotional greed movie, right? I want to find somebody dealing with the consequences of like wanting too much out of a relationship or out of some yeah. emotional commitment. And I'm, I know it's it's out there. <laughs> There's something about Mary should have been our choice. I think it. agree, hard uh, agree on that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's talk about that. That would have been good. I yeah. I actually I I will say, guys, uh, not to not to gild the lily here, but I think I might have found it. 
I found oh. it. I think I found. I, I think I think I found movie? the subversive greed movie. I think I did. I really think I did. And uh, and you got again. I'm positive that you guys are both going to be like Nick. Get the fuck out of here. That is not a movie about greed. <laughs> However, I think it is. I think that if you really break it down for what it is, I think uh-huh. it is. You Look, to- if you can if you can pick Inglorious Bastards as a new job movie like you did last week, then Shut you up. can do whatever you Inglorious want. Inglorious Bastards is a new job movie. They are all on a new job. <laughs> the job is Nazi hunters, okay? That's their you job know, you, now. I'll kill you. taking the bar instead of the side. I cannot wait to listen to that episode. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. All right. So here's – I'm going to set this up for you guys. I'm going to set this up. And you guys – I mean – you're going to get it in two seconds. Okay, wait, remind me of the rules. So here's, so the, the, the only rule is I'm, so basically we're giving, we're going to give each other the first two to five minutes of this movie. Like just, just describing it, right? We're, we're describing it to each other. And as soon, if you know it, guess it, that's it. Like there's no prize. Like we don't give out prizes here. We don't have that kind of money. Do you know what I mean? But like when, when you know what the movie is, which both of you will know probably within five seconds of me talking about it uh just say it say what you think it is that's that's the only rule right alex am i missing anything is it was i wrong no that's that's pretty much it that's pretty pretty much all we do here so i'm gonna say this little justice is that little justice it's real simple format but yields massive results um all right let me see if i can describe this so we open on uh you know obviously uh some some logos and such but once we get past that we're fading in on what looks like almost like a Grand Canyon-esque desert. And uh, we see, uh, you know, we hear shouting. Um, somebody sounds like an adult trying to organize some, maybe some, some, some kids, maybe some young men. And this, you know, shot of kind of these Grand Canyon-esque rock formations pans down to, uh, uh, we see these kind of figures amongst the rocks. And uh, you know, there's, there's, they're all dressed in variations of green and yellow. Uh, once we get closer, we're gonna see that these are Boy Scout uniforms. And uh, there is a troop leader organizing these scouts, uh, you know, trying to keep them corralled. One young man, one Boy Scout. Meatballs. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it is not meatballs. <laughs> It's a solid guess. It was so solid. It is so solid, but it's not meatballs. <laughs> I'll keep going. I'll keep going. But you guys, again, once you get it, you're gonna know it. One young man uh, and his, I, I will say, his pleasantly plump friend uh, are sneaking off. And uh, you know, the 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 pleasantly plump friend is like, "Hey, we got to be careful." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no." Like you, you stick with him. You know, if you stick with him, if you want, I'm going to go find some real cool stuff. They go into the caves by themselves. They're wandering these caves into the caves in these rock formations and they hear digging. They hear digging. So uh, they go and they're, they're searching, they're searching. Oh, oh, Indy. Come on, baby. There we go. Uh, It's Indiana Jones and uh, the last crusade, baby. Boom, baby. Late 14th century Ming Dynasty. Oh, it breaks the heart. And the head. You hit me, Dad. I'll never forgive myself. Don't worry, I'm fine. Thank God. <laughs> it's fake. See, you can tell with the cross sections.
Now, here's here's what I th- here's what I'm saying. This is why I think it's the subversive choice because obviously, indie is not greed at all. Indie is all about it belongs in a museum. That is the line that is said over and over in this film. However, he is in a world that is about greed. Yeah. Right. That's that's literally the world that he is that he's thrown himself into. And 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 that's why, you know, the best lines, the quest for the grail is about you mean like it 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 is it's about the divine within us, right? That's that's everything that he's interacting with is about this choice between self-gratification and the longer road, the penitent man must pass. You know, I mean all these things about about humbling yourself before God and before the universe. Who are you? The last of three brothers who swore an oath to find the grail and to guard it. It was 700 years ago. No time to wait. I was chosen because I was the bravest, the most worthy. The honor was mine until another came to challenge me to single combat. I pass it to you. That is, I, I was just thinking, because I was like, okay, yeah, there's definitely movies about greed, especially, you know, given, given Kelly, your presence on the show, I could easily go for something that, that is about, you know, the, the financial market or, or something like that, which is a, a still an amazing choice. But for me, I was like, okay, I think that this actually might be the way to go. I think it's, I think it's just a great interaction with greed and coming out ungreedy, not greedy. Um, until we, and, go ahead. And saving himself actually. Um, exactly. In, uh, the third one, saving himself, because this was the beginning of the third one, wasn't it's it? The beginning of the third one. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, saving himself because he was not willing to reach for the greed. Whereas yep. the woman, Elsa, yep. the Nazi sympathizer, or Elsa, <laughs> shockingly, uh, was uh, was not willing to not reach for it. And that's that's what I love is is that just that dichotomy of people who. Truly, like, like you know, the people who purport themselves to be, and again, we're not trying to break down Indiana Jones as like the the philosophical fable of our time. But what I am saying is that you know, I think the beautiful thing with with Elsa, with um, Donovan, these villainous characters, is that at first they present to be people who are in the search for the Grail as educators, as people who are interested in this archaeologically. Um, you know, just just as a piece of 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 history to be protected and contained, and then you realize that those very people are the people who actually are in it for the greed and are in it for themselves and to build. You know, and and Dunham doesn't even care about the implications that it's going to have for the Nazis. He's just like, pay me my money. Do you know what I mean like he doesn't? You know, I mean it really is this kind of crazy thing for him. This kind of you know uh, war profiteer uh for him so it, it it's it's very i just i just love that i love that like to to win the movie indy and and henry jones and sala and everybody had to make a choice against greed um i mean do, do you think that there's an element of the indiana jones character that is like like yes he's he's you know robin hood in a way where he's trying to protect these things and he's coming from an academic background it seems noble sort of what he's doing but he also lives a life of, of like he brings it on himself all the trouble that oh, he gets absolutely. into right like, and he drags people into it with him like he's addicted to adventure and he's addicted like he he there is an element of greed in that he will never stop yes <laughs> until he's you know reclaimed every treasure in the world it's like not even about the treasure it's about himself which is greed well, also, there's an element of um, like, what are the museums that you are putting? Museums? <laughs> right. 
We never ask. We oh, literally what countries movie. are these these artifacts being put in? And they are right. probably British or American institutions. And that that's not where they this belongs oh, totally. in a museum. Well, does it belong in your museum? Yep. Yep. Right, yeah. he's going to all these different countries and taking things and and bringing them back to to England. Well, and yeah. that's I think, but I think that's actually what's kind of again a subtle message in this movie. But that's kind of cool is both him and his father, right? Both of these men who spend their lives trying to bring these things out. They in the end they walk away with nothing. They don't get the Grail. They don't get any proof that any of that ever happened, right? It's it's mm. they wide off into the sunset because the whole thing was like, no, we actually have to let it go. We we ourselves can't be colonizers. We can't keep coming in here and taking these things. Um, we have to let it go, and and that is, I guess, is that the end of all three of them? Yes, and yeah, and then we get to probably the biggest the biggest meditation on greed of all, which is the fourth one. Uh, not though not for reason. <laughs> but wait, before you go there, that, that, that's but that's really interesting because you're right. I said that Indy, Indy made the choice to not, not do the same thing Elsa did. Yes, right. But it what? But it wasn't a given. No, it was his father that was like, let it go. Let it go. He Every actually time he, he gets trying. them to that point, and then he is refused by the circumstance or by someone yeah. else the ability to yeah. take this thing home. Yeah, and the outcome's always good. Like Temple of Doom, he frees slaves basically yep. right these these children and families that have been enslaved like that's a great outcome but he walks away with nothing and you, you can tell he's kind of kind of bummed about it always <laughs> always you know and that's i think i think that is i think that is exactly on the money it's just that short you know this person who does have like like it's not saying if we're to extrapolate the moral of indiana jones it's not saying that it's not obsession is not a, a wonderful thing but that you you do have to come to a point where humanity and life and and your father do you mean like choosing those things core values over the the intrinsically self-gratifying values yeah um you know i yeah. think i think if they turned indiana jones into like a really good show yeah. you could explore all that stuff i could see it being like a getting really diving into who that guy is because it's it's pretty oh. fascinating oh it's awesome yeah it's awesome i mean and i will say you know i think and i I mean, he, you know, he laid the groundwork. Anytime you have a Tomb Raider movie of any kind, right? Not, I'm not saying the Tomb Raider French. I'm saying like even the Mummy, right? You're you're borrowing from that idea, and 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 I just love that. I love that that is how they interact with it, and it's a very, it's just a very cool way to give another layer to your character. You know, just like yeah, he's he's actually he he doesn't get what he goes after all the time, but he does greater good, and right, and that's always accidentally. Awesome. So that's that's my greed movie, y'all. Is Indiana Jones? <laughs> All right, and I the like Last it. Crusade. Thank you. I like it. Thank I like you. it. See, I did it. I did it. <laughs> Alex, Alex. Go All right, my it. turn. Um, yeah. So from from the beginning of us doing this podcast this way, picking topics, I knew that one day we'd do a greed movie, and I knew exactly what my choice would be. And I'm, I didn't. I'm not going to go with it because <sighs> we've, a we've oh, we've wow. talked about it before, and b oh, I know exactly. Yeah. Kelly, you might have chosen it. I, I, so I'm not going to talk about it yet. I'll wait until we've gotten gotten through them all. But it is to me the quintessential greed movie, uh, hands down. And I've always said that like like it's been so instructional for me, uh, just from like a, a storytelling standpoint in terms of using theme to drive character. Um, but I chose something else. I looked for a while. I was trying to be subversive. Uh, mine is not <laughs> subversive at all. So I figured I'd I'd stick in the realm. Um, but it, it is a little bit that the characters in it are not, it's an interesting balance of greed. So we'll see. So, uh, funny you guys should bring up Mark Twain 
in this episode, actually, because the movie opens on a Mark Twain quote. Oh, good uh, for you. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it says, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's yes. what you know for sure that just ain't so. I just want to make Twain. sure Steve Carell. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. And, what? Uh, and uh, 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 oh, oh, well, uh, what's, what's my boy's name from, uh, from uh, a Succession? Uh, everybody, ha- Hamish Linklater, everyone. Uh, we're talking, the movie, of course, is The Big Short. The, the Big, Big Short, Short is the film. Great Institutions movie. treat these CDOs like they're as solid as treasury bonds, and they're going to zero. No, it can't be right. There, there are 500 billion in housing bonds, so last year alone, the ratings agencies, the banks, the fucking government, they're saying they're all asleep at the wheel? Yeah. My whole department's long on this stuff. They call me Chicken Little. They call me Bubble Boy. A's, zero. B's, zero. Double B's, zero. Triple B's, zero. And then that happens. What is that? That's America's housing market. The big short, great movie. I I love. I should have won the Oscar that year. Agree. Absolutely. I it. And 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 he tried to do it again with um, what was the movie about Dick Cheney? Oh, Vice, Vice, Vice. Uh, in terms of tone, in terms of editing, I mean, we're talking about editing. Uh, this this movie is, I don't maybe like the best edited movie of the last decade. I agree. With you. It's uh, in in a lot of ways, um, in terms of of how you take a story. I mean, this is this is just a story about the housing market crash and the elements that led into it. Um, how you make it interesting, how you make it relatable, how you make it uh, informational, like instructional, right? Because there's a lot of elements of, of the housing crash that people don't understand and banking and how it all works. And I think, I think the industry kind of, uh, it operates the way it does based on the fact that a lot of people just don't understand it um, yes. and it's intentionally vague. And so to have a movie be about that and be mile a minute, loving every second that before like you're laughing your ass off, you're terrified because that all this stuff happened and is real. It's breaking the fourth wall all over the place. Um, just in from a construction standpoint, this this thing is incredible. Collateralized debt obligation. It's important to understand because it's what allowed a housing crisis to become a nationwide economic disaster. Here's world famous chef Anthony Bourdain to explain. <laughs> Okay, I'm a chef on a Sunday afternoon setting the menu at a big restaurant. I ordered my fish on Friday, which is the mortgage bond that Michael Burry shorted. But some of the fresh fish doesn't sell. I don't know why, maybe it just came out, halibut has the intelligence of a dolphin. So, what am I gonna do? Throw all this unsold fish, which is the triple B level of the bond, in the garbage and take the loss? No way. Being the crafty and morally onerous chef that I am, whatever crappy levels of the bond I don't sell, I throw into a seafood stew. See, it's not old fish. It's a whole new thing. And the best part is they're eating three-day-old halibut. That is a CDO. But so the big short, like I said, it, it is a movie about uh, about what the, the elements that led up to the 2008 housing market crash and the guys who identified that it was going to happen and worked to profit off of it. And you watch, it. it it's different teams of people uh, you know, coming at it from different angles, all kind of seeing it in their own time and, and making different moves in regards to it. And, and some of them identifying and some of them not 
sort of the deep moralistic problem of profiting off of impending doom, which I think is, is you know, it's, it's a movie about the greed of everybody else and then questioning how, f- how far do you need to go? Like, what is your responsibility uh, when you understand that, that other people are being greedy in a way that's going to affect everybody else? And I don't know, you know, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't ever really answer it. It kind of lets you make up your own mind. No, I think it really, I love, I mean, so Adam McKay, I think is just the master right now of the essay film and, Mm -hmm. and the idea that you start with a thesis, right? I mean, truly these movies are essays. They are both this and vice are about topics about, you know, vice being about power, uh, you know, this being about greed and, and you, you you give us characters, but the, the point of the movie is not the characters. The point of the movie is the topic, is the theme. And you are laying it out in a way where it will be instructional to us. We will learn something quite blatantly by watching. Um, but you fill it with characters who we do end up liking. And you also, you know, uh, I love the cut, my, um, Anthony, the Anthony Bourdain cutaway where he breaks down what That's goes amazing. into, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, a, fish a, stew. the fish stew. Like that, that is such a great way to break down that concept like oh my god and now we understand why like and, and and what i think is so fascinating about what i love about that movie in particular um is that the concepts themselves these things that seem so crazy actually are very simple concepts like it's actually right. not hard to understand once you get through the jargon and the bullshit that they put in the way um to stop you from it so i i, I yeah I, I could i could go on for days about that movie good good fucking choice yeah great yeah. fucking choice Great choice. And yeah, it, it's one of those movies too that you, you can kind of watch it again and again and again. And like, you never really, like maybe you understand the concepts a little better each time, but like not, not really like beginning to end. You just, you just have fun on the ride. Like it's so rare to find a movie that you just enjoy watching from beginning to end. You're going to laugh at the same jokes. You're going to be interested in the same things. Um, you're going to f- feel the same stuff. I mean, it's yeah, I love it. I remember uh, one of the things that stuck with me you know, they had that like the ticker at the end about where are all these people now? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not remembering his name, uh, but he's, he the was invest- the crazy investor. He also played yeah, yeah. Batman. Uh, what's his, what's that actor's name? Christian Bale. Thank you. Christian Bale. Yeah. And they, they talked about how Murray, he, I think, all of his or... money is in water. Yeah. Yes. He's looking at water. So and the, I remember that... first thinking we're fucked. Nice, because someone's gonna own the water and then i was also like i gotta call my broker oh fuck i gotta get a broker yep Yep. that whole thing there's like something you only yeah it's it's interesting Uh, i don't know if you guys pay attention to the news um but the stock market right now there's there's a crazy thing going on that actually the guy that christian bell's character is based on is a real guy who predicted the housing crash um he uh had invested Last year or two years ago, he bought a big chunk of GameStop that um, was like going out of business and he invested huge into it for some reason. And it kicked off this chain of events that got to the internet. And in the last like week or two, as a joke, as a meme, there's like a Reddit, a subreddit of investors um, who are all about like YOLO, like, you know, uh, ever since ever since Robinhood, the trading app added options like calls and puts and stuff. You can you could do big trade stuff on this little phone app. Um, so this huge community decided they were going to ramp. But there's a lot of people betting that GameStop, which is like going out of business because nobody buys these things physically anymore. The stores are shutting down. 
Um, there's so many people that are betting against it failing. This community decided to just rally together. And the price has gone from like $4 a share to like $350 a share in the matter of like two weeks. Is that what this is? I, yeah. I keep seeing the headlines and I'm like, I have no insane thing. And I, energy. and I found today when I Googled, when I Googled this guy, cause I was watching the movie, uh, he's the guy, he, he kind of kicked off the whole conversation and now he's turned on it and said it's super dangerous and, and like, Jesus. it's going to implode everything. <laughs> but it's just this, this fascinating, like cultural experiment where like, People don't understand how the banking system works or investment works, how Wall Street does what they do. And, and they rely on people not knowing that. So to have a community now that can communicate and operate in a way that says like, well, we can we can really flip this over. And if if, if Reddit can can destroy Wall Street, then it kind of deserves to be destroyed. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's so all these all these firms that are holding on, to, you know, had all these things. If they sell now, they take a huge loss. So they're waiting they keep paying into it, waiting for this stock to crash back so they can make their money. Uh, and it may never come. They may like lose everything. Good Lord. That's yes. fun. Anyway, it's so agreed. fascinating because I know less about the financial industry than I'm guessing 85% of the people listening to this right now. Which oh, is I'm weird sure, given that, that I'm, I'm sure most, about finance. most people do not know. I mean, I only know the words. I don't even know what calls and puts are. I just know what the articles I'm reading. I don't even know what that meant. You said calls and puts, and I was like, <laughs> I, I, should, I should Google this. I, I don't even that's like dollar bill would know. I don't know. Dollar bill would know. Good lord. <laughs> but it's but you know but that I think that's and that's the other good thing about Big Short, I will say, is that just that promotion of financial literacy, because that I think yeah. is is what we need. I mean, that's what we need, especially going yeah. forward. Is just knowing what it means um, to 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 know what money is. Like, what is it? What is it? Yeah, our schools should be teaching us that basic financial liter literacy. They should be teaching us civics, so we all know um, how our government works. And there are vested interests that do not want either of those things. Oh, absolutely, vested interests, yeah. vested, and and have been that. And again, this is longer conversation that we will have. Yep. But but this but that th yeah. I think that's the other thing we need to be educated on is that these systems were built exactly as they are they are functioning exactly as they were meant to and and that's yeah. that's the point that's what we that's need to change and the problem and the yeah. problem you yep. know so so yeah man one hundred percent um yeah so so big short and Indiana Jones and now you know okay the final the 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 best for last hey. Okay, so if I'm if I'm guessing if I'm get, uh, gathering the way I need to do this, uh, I'm going to describe some of the first images. There is a gentleman looking into directly at me, at us, into the camera, and it's very dark, and he's saying, "Listen very carefully to what I say," and he describes a series of events, and. His background is dark. It gets lighter as we go along. And we see that there are cinder blocks behind him. Yes. Ooh, you're and good. And then all of a sudden, we get to Coney Island. Yes. And we see a car driving. Yes. And all it's stopping periodically along the water in New York. We see the background. We see... Uh, various bridges i'm assuming that bridge is the uh that looks like brooklyn might be manhattan bridge yep a van picking people up and then all of a sudden we get to a series of shots in uh, in downtown manhattan in uh, the yes. wall street area 
and we get to a a bank building. Is it a bank? Yeah, it is. And there's a giant American flag. Yes, it is. Is there? Can I? And then, can I, can I yeah, just go. ask you a question? Is there a man yeah. inside of this building who may who may who might stay there? An, ins, an inside <laughs> man, as it were. The inside. Uh, there might be. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. There, as it were. The inside. Yes. Are you guys, cops. Oh shit! Made us. Christmas came early for you this year. Bank robbery, hostage situation, 20 exchange place. What? Grossman's on vacation, you're up. What about the uh, the Madrigada thing, the check cashing thing? I thought I was in the doghouse. I just threw you a bone. As far as I'm concerned, you still work here, but if you don't think you're ready... No, no, he's ready. Oh, good, good. I'm giving you a break here. Don't make me look like a fool. Uh, I am so happy because, I number one, I think that this movie's come up in another... Was it... Uh, we do, I think, with... Pete Chapman with Pete Chapman. Heist film. I think. But Pete what Chapman. was the theme? Heist film. Heist film. Heist film. Oh god damn it! No, but dude, that's we <laughs> we. No, I swear to God, because I love it because because it just shows how multifaceted these movies are. Inside yeah. Man. So talk to us about this choice. Talk about what what. what okay, first of all, I thought the fact that uh, it, it's a Denzel Washington movie would be kind yes. of mm-hmm. fun for because of our connection. Um, so it's it, when I first saw it, I was like, I'm not sure what I think of that movie, and I but I watched it the next day. And I decided it was one of the best heist movies I've ever seen. Yes. And it fucks with your with your loyalties. It's not mm-hmm. overly cool. It's not overly anything. And Chutel, um, uh, Four, I've only seen in one other movie. Um, it was uh, uh, Dirty. Uh, uh, um, I can't remember, but it was about uh, the hospitals and, and, and um, hmm. it was fantastic. And I was just like, oh, it's that guy again. He's amazing. The connection between him and um, and Denzel yep. was so true, and the way they dealt with the suspects, who were probably also um, most of them were uh, were innocent victims, was so not precious, and was like nobody was. Nobody was overly great. Until he secures his position and gets the physical layout, he'll only dump on us. If the show starts, he'll call us. Trust me, I've seen him work. Your call, Keith. You get that for me? I guess it is, isn't it? So one thing I learned from Grossman is these guys don't have much respect for what we do. What do you mean? Well, for them, it's a tactical situation. Us being here means there's a mental side to it that they don't get. Told you you could handle this shit. Keep waiting for someone higher up on the food chain to show up and say, here's what we do. What happened at the hospital? Guy shot himself, Johnny's girlfriend. Thank you. And nobody was completely terrible except for the the the, the bank, uh, you know, the the, the Nazi sympathizer bank guy. The the person, uh, Clive Owen, who was um, the bank robber and was ruthless, who you were set up to think was the villain, actually was trying to fuck with the guy who was the Nazi sympathizer. Yes. You know who was the um, the greedy one? They all were. Um, Denzel, even at a certain point, his character. Oh yeah. Um, is like, all right, I'm gonna stop looking at this because I got detective first grade. Jodie Foster is like, yeah, I know. I'm I'm working with a guy who was a Nazi Nazi sympathizer, but he pays well. Um, you know, like the, the, it, it it's it just fucks with all. I love a heist movie. I love a classic heist movie, but I love a movie that then sort of fucks with it. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Are, who are we? Who are the people we're actually rooting for? Yes. Um, 
and it, yeah. it challenged me and I loved it and I love the actors and I love the connection between them. Uh, there were a couple of, when we were doing Caesar, we all knew he was doing that next. Um, Spike Lee came to opening night and I remember talking to him afterwards and he mispronounced my name and I had just auditioned for him. And so I even said something like, no, it's O'Coin. And, and he was like, oh, sorry, I got it. I was like, yeah, well, you know, make sure when you look at the tape, you, I, I, don't, I said something stupid, <laughs> but he laughed. It was, I don't know. The, the movie holds a, 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 a soft spot in my heart because, because of that. But I also do think it was a really surprising um, take on a genre film. And, you know, I love Spike. I, I think he, he he always has something interesting to say, even if it's like a even if it's a failed take, it's it, it's it's much more interesting than a lot of people's safe uh, successes. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. Oh, that's yeah. and that's actually one of the things that I think I think we were saying last time that I love about Spike uh in his work i you know is is just i think actually his what he does with the exception of malcolm x which is po- po- i mean possibly outside of citizen kane one of the greatest american films ever made um, oh yeah it's it truly is that that rags to i mean rags to riches in a very different way but just that that ascent story that you know that we all need to see but in but also in the context of the civil rights movement all that stuff but one of the things i think outside of that i love spike when he is playing with genre because yeah. all of a sudden, all the things that he wants to say sociopolitically get contained in in a formulaic structure. So rather than it it being everywhere, it's these little moments that just hit you that much sharper. And I, and I felt it with Inside Man. I felt I certainly felt it with The Five Bloods, which is another heist movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it it just it just it ekes out instead of instead of smacks you in, with a baseball bat, which is great sometimes. Yeah. But like, I love that. I love that. I think it's marvelous what he does. I mean, in, in terms of a greed movie too, I think what, what I love to see, because greed is really about intention, right? It's about, it's about people setting their sights on something and wanting it more than anything. And, and, and what do they want? And why do they want it? Um, and what I love about this movie is like good guy or bad, however you're set up as a good guy or bad guy, because like you were saying, Clive Owen is supposed to be the bad guy. He's yeah. robbing a bank. He's really kind of serious and scary and, and all that. Um, to get to the end and have it, have everybody be right. <laughs> yeah. Feels good. Right. That except like Chris, except except not Christopher Plummer. Yeah. yeah. Well, except, except the not right to have everybody except like, you know, the banker yeah. owner who, who didn't have anything in play anyway. Right. He wasn't trying. Yeah. He just assumed the world was going to bow to him uh, and that everything was okay. Like he never, he never put himself forward in any way. He never tried worked against anything. Um, that's a, yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's it's nice to see that nobody is really nobody's punished. Everybody gets gets what they came for, and you can still and, forget about it. And the interesting thing, just at the moment when late in the movie, I was like, "Wow, Clive Owen and his team—they didn't do this for profit at all. It was just about exposing this guy." And then you're like, "Oh, they have the diamonds." Yeah, no, they, they still. So, it's just like a normal successful heist. It's just you didn't. Yeah. They, you know, what you thought they were stealing. <laughs> yeah, they didn't steal anybody else's shit. The, the yeah. government doesn't even have to, um, um, there's no insurance that has to be paid to anybody. The right. Nazi got robbed, but they got rich. Yep, dude. Everybody wins. Yeah. Fucking bro- That's, that is the definition of everybody wins. When the, yes. yeah, when the Nazi gets robbed, but everybody else wins. I call that a draw. Mr. Fraser, I have spent my whole life serving humanity. You can ask anyone who knows me. They'll vouch for me. 
and for the things that I've done. You think they'll vouch for you after I find out the truth about this ring? I don't think so. Oh, by the way, that thing you said about us being New York's finest, I want you to know we really appreciate that. How gracious. Let's go. We're going to follow that ring. Um, it's a good throw. Yeah, man. Well, no, Kelly, you, you uh, as we said when we started this, you were just such a fucking gem. And, uh, you know, this this two-part, possibly even three-part. I don't know. It's going to be. This this gonna be I don't know where I'm going to cut it in the middle. Like We're going to figure it out. We're going to put in so many little little bits yeah. and bobs it's gonna be great but like but it's just been such a pleasure hanging with you man and 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 we can't wait till you're back on set we can't wait till you're back doing what you do and 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 are so and please i mean what do you want to plug i mean obviously uh you know your your amazing dominant one uh podcast uh but is anything else anything else you want to throw out there i mean that's gonna be fun uh, i think we're gonna drop hopefully in in february uh, the, the fact that i'm i'm doing a a talk show co-hosting with Dominique Wilkins, who was one of my heroes when I was growing up is amazing. We have a good time. Um, no, I mean, I, it's, it's just great. It's great to talk to you. It's great to uh, chat with you guys. I'm going to give you verbal, um, uh, uh, confirmation that you can cut anything that I've said, <laughs> you can put this on the air. Uh, but this was great. And thank you for indulging me. I realize I, I talk a lot. So, um, uh, thank you for, whatever this is great this is just fun conversation yeah, man. Do, you, do you have any idea uh getting down to business uh when billions might be back on the air no i don't exactly but i know that we are we we are definitely um uh trending towards getting back to shoot in march i mean not march uh, in spring lovely. hopefully march march would be great but uh in spring lovely cool. um and then we're going to finish season five and immediately go into shooting season six, season six. so I will say that we, we there, there's a good chance that we will at least catch up a little bit uh, on the back end. That's great. Um, I'm excited to see it. I, it's going to be hard to top uh, attempted chicken genocide, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see where, where it goes. <laughs> we will be found. Yeah, too. And I will, I will close out by saying I actually, during recording this, I, I received an email from, from Asia uh, for just, just randomly. Oh. oh wow! Are you guys buddies? Do we? So did I not tell you about? So we did our no. first professional job together. That's so at cool. The Hangar Theater in Ithaca. Yeah, yeah. I, Rent. In so fact, cool. I'm pretty sure I punched her in the face on accident during Lobby Bohem. It's a whole thing. Or them in the face. I'm so sorry. Them in the face. And and I, I have yeah. to because and it's it, it, she, I, what I love about Asia and and what what they've been able to do is is really bring a spotlight to 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 their community and and yeah. and do it in a way that that is having such great impact um and it it, it was uh, it's just been a, it's just been a privilege to kind of watch them like rise and do their thing um agreed you know what i mean agreed like um asia is a wonderful actor and their the, the the their activism is inspiring and um um and their patience yes. is uh, like Job, yes. and uh, and I, 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 I love I love working the, with them, and and uh, right back, um, I don't know, right back that that Kelly says hi. I'm gonna do that. I'm going to okay. do that. Um, but Kelly, you're the best. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so guys much. too. Yeah, man, this is such a blast. You guys are awesome. I love your podcast. It's 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 really fun. No, you, thank you. Thank you. Boom. Look at that. Look at that ending. And, and here we are recording another ending in the future. 
another ending for our wonderful talk with the with the wonderful Kelly. That was an amazing conversation, you know. And guys, we just want to remind you that this is again, as we said in in part one of this greed movie episodes, uh, this is the this is the end. But it's not the end. It's just a rebrand. This so, is the end. So what what happens? This Alex? is what, the beginning. What happens from here? What happens from here? So we have to take a couple weeks. Because you're you're so bad with technology, you're so yeah. inept that I in order inept. for us to move, in order for us to transition into a, a reality where we have video, yeah, in addition to this audio, it's yeah. it's literally going to take us a month just to teach yeah. you how to use a camera. It took them a month to teach me how to type. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that was embarrassing enough. So now we that now we got to put a camera in there, and I'm so not we're, sure. We're going away. Uh, we're going to launch a website. Yep. We're gonna set up camera stuff and edit. We'll have a YouTube channel. We'll have all all the things that you know and love. We'll be back better, better than ever. Uh, back we just better. Have to make sure that you don't fuck it up. Maybe, maybe do we? Will we even have a new name, Alex? Do you think we're gonna have a new name? It's very possible. Oh shit! Like not not something totally different from Little Justice, but like maybe like a little like it will be almost like you know how in the sequels they do like. Like the first movie is called The Croods and the second movie is called The Croods, The Journey Home or some bullshit. That's what this is going to be. It's going to be like yeah, Little or, Justice. Or we could go Jurassic Park style, like instead of Little Justice and a new name after it, it could be a new name, Little Justice, you know? Can I ask you Big this? Justice, Little Justice. Yeah. Oh, I love that. If this is Jurassic, Lost World Jurassic Park, which one of us is uh, Ian Malcolm and which one of us is uh, Sarah Harding? Uh... You could, I know because you want to be Ian Malcolm, you can be Ian Malcolm. I'm, I'm the little girl in the very beginning who yeah. runs off the beach and gets eaten by the little campies, scampies, whatever See, they're called. I was actually going to give you Vince Vaughn, but you can be the little girl. Uh, Either way, you're good. No, you're I, want, fine. I want Vince Vaughn. I want Vince Vaughn. Everyone wants Vince Vaughn. All right, guys. Well, look, here's the deal. Go listen. You have 30 some odd episodes to listen to while we do a little house cleaning and we'll be back in a month with the new little justice bye little justice little justice little justice hey it's leslie Odom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.